Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Independent, a podcast brought to you by Wiffles Hybrids. My name is Jared Goplin. I'm an agronomy manager with Wiffles, and today I'm again joined by my co-host, uh, Ryan Gentle, my counterpart over in the Illinois side of the world. Uh, today's episode, we're going to sort of shift gears and start to think a lot more about harvest. Uh, Ryan, we were just talking, uh, we've, we've already had a, a combine spotted out in the field somewhere, so obviously that starts to, to get everybody nervous about harvest coming around the corner, and uh, certainly with some of this heat that's uh, come on uh, really this last week, I mean, some incredible heat that uh, showed up across the Corn Belt, uh, really from north to south, uh, certainly uh, changed things quite significantly, and uh, certainly moving things along pretty rapidly. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of those things uh, when it comes to, you know, pre-harvest scouting, getting some things timed out, um, you know, really kind of starting to uh, sound the alarms on getting uh, combines ready just so that we're ready to go. Uh, if we continue to have this heat, obviously the corn can dry down pretty quickly if we uh, we hit black layer and we're still in the 80s, 90 degrees. So I uh, want to make sure we don't end up uh, having some uh, excessively dry corn out there, obviously. So Ryan, I guess I'll kick it up over to you. Uh, you know, what should we pay, be paying attention to, uh, you know, when we're doing some pre-harvest scouting? Yeah, looking at the uh, forecast here, it looks like beautiful weather uh, most of the week, uh, 70s. Going to hopefully let a little grain fill keep happening, but uh, by Labor Day weekend, it uh, looks like we're going to turn the oven uh, temp back up a little bit. Uh, I know here in central Illinois anyway, we're looking at uh, 90s and then on into the following week after Labor Day, mid-90s, um, lows around 70. So, think things are going to change quickly. Some of the early April planted corn did change quickly uh, with the heat last week. Um, probably going to start seeing a lot more silage getting chopped. I know uh, Southern Illinois, they've been at that for a couple weeks here. Did get my first picture text to me on Friday morning of a combine uh, actually shelling corn down by Root House, which is about a mile or an hour north of St. Louis. I know there's some elevators central southern Illinois that are offering some drying incentives. So uh, I have a feeling probably a lot of guys will maybe start dipping into some stuff down central and southern Illinois, probably after Labor Day here. One thing I like to remind guys, uh, if you're trying to kind of figure out when your crop's going to be finishing off here, is a shameless plug for the Wiffles GDU calculator. Uh, if you put that into Google, Wiffles uh, GDU calculator, or you can go to wiffles.com and the agronomy tab. And you can plug in your planting date and your hybrid you planted. And then down at the very bottom, it will give you a, a window of estimated uh, black layer. That's a good way to kind of get an idea if you haven't been out in your field um, to give you an idea of when you when you should be hitting black layer in those fields. Yeah, I know uh, as I've been uh, doing some of the final, uh, I guess, collections of my sticky traps uh, looking for corn rootworms, I always think that that's a really good time to do some final scouting. Um, you know, whether you're looking for rootworm beetles, even if you didn't have traps out, you know, it's a good way to kind of see what's flying around in that field, you know, late in the season, but, uh, just, uh, act like a big guy with big wide shoulders, um, you know, or, uh, and just kind of give a push to some of those stocks, start, start to get a feel for, uh, you know, kind of how, how well those stocks have been holding up, especially in some of the droughtier areas, you know, right around where I live, uh, and, and where we farm, um, you know, there has been some really droughty areas and previous crop, you know, things that were planted on the hay ground are, are looking really tough and actually have prematurely black layered in some of those areas that, you know, basically have tried to produce a crop on, on eight inches of water, which, uh, which isn't, uh, isn't very successful. Um, but it's a good chance to kind of do some of those, uh, those evaluations. If you are starting to see some, maybe some weak stalks or crowns that do push over fairly easily, you know, that's, you know, really the thing is just to, to put those higher up on the harvest order list. 
um, you know, that's really what we're talking about is, is get a gauge for how well the, the crop is, is doing. Um, you know, those fields that uh, had excessive stresses are probably those that you can expect to have more issues. You know, like I mentioned, some of the previous crop interactions, uh, I think pretty much our whole footprint has had some stress related to drought or heat at some point in time uh, this summer. Uh, so those fields that were a little bit more droughty, uh, obviously going to more likely have uh, have some standability concerns when it comes to uh, stock integrity, uh, just because these corn plants are, are built to pack on those kernels uh, at the expense of anything. Uh, and that includes, of course, uh, you know, stock integrity. It will remobilize sugars and, and all those goodies from the stock if it has to, to keep those those kernels filling. Um, so, so focusing on those, those fields, um, you know, just to try to prevent, uh, you know, any, any lodging type issues before the combine gets in the field. Yep. And for any of you that have been lucky enough to see me in uh, real life, I am kind of a bull in a China cabinet, um, when we get out in the cornfield. So I can really test stock quality, just trying to walk through the end rows, you know, uh, I can snap some off, but I, I do like doing the, the push test, uh, kind of take that stock and, and, right above the ear and push and see if you can hit the next row with it. If it breaks, uh, might want to do a little more investigation. I'm getting too old to bend down and do the push test or the pinch test. I mean, so I kind of stick with my push test, but I am seeing some fusarium showing up and actually got my first call to a field that had, I would say moderate fusarium out there. Um, You're kind of seeing those plants prematurely die. You might see 10 really nice green ones in a row. And then you'll see one that's just completely dead. Um, if you uh, cut that plant off or dig it, dig it up and take your pocket knife and split that stalk all the way down, uh, you'll see pretty much a completely rotted crown most of the time. And that's a good sign that you've got fusarium uh, in that field. And in, in those plants, usually, you, you know, you didn't get complete grain fill. Those ears are already black layered and, uh, you know, they're they're way about half of what the year next to it that's that's normally filling out does. So um, if you see those random dead plants, just take your knife and, and split that open. And probably a lot of the time you're going to see a, a dried up uh, rotted crown and the stock quality will be compromised. Usually that node above that crown will be uh, pretty cannibalized. Yeah, the other thing I guess I'd like to do too is, is kind of get a gauge for how uh, well the, the ear shanks are holding up to. Uh, I know last year there was a couple, I think, you know, a lot of this comes down to environment and, and, and how, you know, growth and development of the corn interacted with, um, you know, when these, these things were being developed originally, um, you know, so ear shanks uh, are another thing to keep, keep an eye on. And for the most part, what I've seen, those ear shanks are holding up pretty well, um, have started to see a few, um, you know, sort of droopy ears uh, show up uh, after some of this extreme heat we've had this last week. Um, but, uh, given those kind of a, a little knock to really, really it's taken out some of your frustration to just <laughs> kind of start to, you know, having at it. Right. And just hope uh, nobody's driving by when you come back out of the cornfield. Yep. Yep. Another, <clears throat> another tool we have on the uh, website, I guess a couple tools that I've been talking to customers about this week also, uh, or last week was the Wiffles yield calculator. Um, we've got a, a nice yield calculator that actually ties directly to specific hybrids with Wiffles. We've done the math and kind of have an idea of how many uh, kernels it's needed to take a to make a bushel, and it's different for all of our hybrids. So we feel if you use the Wiffles uh, calculator on a Wiffles hybrid, maybe you get a little little more accurate um, reading there. And then uh, we also have the Wiffles grain drying calculator, which can come in very handy this time of year. Also. Uh, Again, go to wiffles.com agronomy tab or just type wiffles grain drying calculator into Google and you can compare um, 
let's say starting at 25% versus waiting till 15%. Um, and then you can type in your own information on what's going to cost you to dry or the elevator to dry. And uh, kind of calculates that phantom yield loss and mechanical yield loss um, per per point um, into bushels. And we'll give you a, a green or red ROI if you're uh, you know money ahead to start at 25 or let it dry uh, to 15. And usually we got moderate, I'd say decent corn prices still. Um, you know, four fifty-five bucks. So you you might be surprised when you, when you do the math there. Um, might give you a little incentive to get out and get that combine and get those trucks uh, ready to go here too, because uh, looking at next week, I think that's actually a question we got coming up here in a second, but uh, we're going to, we're going to dry pretty fast with those 90 degree temps. It certainly is the time of year where you break an ear off and break them open, see how things are progressing, you know, count kernels, obviously to get some yield estimates, but also see how, uh, how far down that, uh, that kernel, the milk line's at. Um, I know my chickens have been, uh, I think they're kind of getting sick of the whole ear corn. I looked out there the other day and there's probably a hundred ears of corn laying outside the chicken coop. Um, so it is kind of that time of year, but, uh, you know, when you get the question, Ryan, if you got corn, that's at half milk line, how much longer till it reaches black layer? That's a, a good question. Half milk line. Oh, you're probably looking at, uh, 10 days to two weeks. Just kind of depends on the heat and, uh, how much, you know, wind, heat, drought stress, nutrient stress, you know, a lot of things can speed uh, black layer along. Like you were talking your alfalfa field, you know, where <clears throat> you planted corn into it, very moisture deficient. The fusarium that I found, you know, that corn was already at black layer, probably two to three weeks ahead of the uh, rest of the uh, the normal looking corn out there. So typical agronomy answer, agronomist answer, it depends, but it really does on several Several factors, the weather being a big a big one, and then you know just what kind of stress, what kind of health your your corn crop has coming down the stretch. Uh, you want it to finish out and still be kind of green and and healthy and hit black layer before the plant just prematurely dies. Uh, so you're maximizing your your green fill period. So Ryan, I think you get a quiz question for the day. I feel like I'm drilling you with questions here today, so we're gonna have to, to turn the tables here pretty quick, but. Uh, how much moisture will my corn lose after I reach black layer? So how, you know, how quick does this corn dry down if we are reaching black layer, you know, now versus, uh, you know, a month from now? Again, my standard answer, it depends. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'll, I'll never fail a quiz question, but it makes a big difference probably in your, where you're located might be a lot different in Southern Minnesota than it's going to be in Southern Illinois. Um, I know when I look at the, like I said, I look at the weather forecast for Labor Day weekend and the, the week after, you know, we're going to be in the mid nineties, lows around 70, look like 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. So I fully expect once we hit black layer, we could lose up to point a day pretty easy. Now, uh, I think we all know when we get later into the end of the year, later September, early October, maybe, um, you know, when we're getting maybe highs in the fifties or sixties, um, that can slow down, you know, you can almost lose nothing per day when you get down, uh, that, that cold. And, uh, especially if you don't have a lot of wind, the wind, wind helps dry down the corn a lot too. So you might be losing as little as a quarter of a percent or something a day when you get later into October. Yeah. That's one of those year like this, where it looks like we are going to, you know, I know at least in Northwest Iowa, Southwest Minnesota, you know, we're probably a full week or more ahead of normal. So, you know, when we do hit black layer earlier than we normally do, maybe have some stress that's pushing that along a little bit faster. 
you know, if we reach black layer and we still have a lot of 80 degree weather and, and some wind out there, you know, I think we've all been around situations where we've lost, you know, a point or better per day. Uh, and it gets you kind of nervous when you're getting down to maybe 22% moisture and you start losing a point per day because uh, that crop can dry down in a hurry. So, yep. All of a sudden you look up and you're in, you know, 13, 14% can happen around here pretty easy. So, again, that's a, just a good plug to, uh, Use that grain drying calculator, see what it's going to cost you, and uh, make sure your equipment's ready to go because this, this crop's going to change quickly. Uh, do you have a question for you, Jared? We've kind of hit a little bit on, on drooping ears, but I am, I am seeing that after the heat. Some of them are kind of, you know, turning, got brown husks turning and uh, just kind of drooping down, and uh, other ones in the row are still sticking up and looking green. What, what do you think is causing some of that? Yeah, so I think we talked before we started recording, but uh, you know, before the heat, uh, there were some fields that all looked normal, ears still upright, and uh, in normally, you know, normal situations, corn should have an upright ear, uh, you know, still pointing upwards until physiological maturity, uh, roughly. Uh, then you know that's where you want them to sort of tip down so that they can shed moisture, not be capturing moisture in the husk, and uh, and help with dry down, uh, just just that way. Um, but, uh, you know, really the, the couple of days of extreme heat and we, you know, we got into the about 102, 103 degrees, uh, in this area, um, last week. And, uh, those three days, then you go back out in those fields and, and there was some drooping ears. Um, and, uh, you know, it did tend to be in areas that had larger ears, ear size to begin with. So, you know, uh, there is some weight, I think, factor that can be, uh, at play in some of these situations, but, but generally what's going on there is it, it tells you that there's, there's some extreme stress that hit that plant. Uh, and you basically, you know, you, know, you lost uh, turgidity or uh, basically started to cannibalize uh, some of that ear shank. And, and my guess is it was probably a little bit of both that was going on. Uh, we had, uh, you know, really hot temperatures, um, you know, not necessarily excess moisture. Um, and these, these kernels are trying to fill themselves uh, and finish out. So uh, I expect we had probably a little bit of both, uh, maybe some water stress uh, on the, in the heat of the day. Uh, as well as those uh, those ear shanks just being cannibalized because it's you know it's one of those closer uh, plant parts that's closest to the kernels and and uh, that plant is designed to to fill those kernels at, at pretty much any any cost so it's similar type of cannibalization is what we can see in the stalks uh, it's just unfortunately if it if it happens in the ear shanks and it and it really bends over uh, we have the possibility of really kinking that uh, really kind of the garden hose that's filling those kernels um, if we kink that over too far then uh, you know we can. Uh, limit translocation of, new, of, uh, of sugars and nutrients into those kernels and, and uh, you know, have, have some, some yield reductions because of that. So, um, you know, if they are still upright, I guess that's where there could be still uh, some channels open. But uh, if you get them, you know, totally bent over, um, you know, you're, you're probably going to see some uh, more or less premature black layer in, in those situations. You know, the corn will black layer. It's just uh, those kernels won't uh, fill quite as much as they, they would have normally uh, with some of those ear shanks that have, that have drooped. So how about you, Ryan? You, uh, you're seeing a little bit of that too after that, that crazy heat last week? Yep. Just certain fields, certain plants here and there. Um, not seeing it uh, real bad yet, but well, it's something to definitely keep an eye on as we move forward. So the last question we did, uh, we did get in from uh, one of our listeners. So reminder to anyone, if they do have some questions or uh, topics that you want us to uh, cover, uh, get me, make sure you send those in to agronomy at Wiffles or shoot one of us a text. Um, but of course, it is related to corn silage harvest. So, uh, you know, just kind of wanting a, a brief uh, sort of synopsis reminder, uh, kind of best management practices, if you will, on on timing corn silage harvest. Um, so, Ryan, I know you guys are, are just starting. I know I've seen some some choppers start to roll in this area, at least on the earlier corn. 
And uh, I guess when I usually get this question, it's, you know, I start to, to pay attention or, or start to look at whole plant moisture. Uh, at the end of the day, whole plant moisture is probably the biggest factor when it comes to, uh, you know, putting up good corn silage. But uh, when you get about that quarter quarter milk line stage is when I when typically you start to get into the into the ballpark for uh, for corn silage harvest, uh, and it does kind of depend on uh, on what type of a uh, storage structure you're using, whether you're putting it in a bunker or a bag or an upright silo. Um, typically, the the horizontal uh, structures, whether it's a bunker or a bag, um, yeah, you might want uh, sixty to seventy percent moisture. Uh, really, if it's above seventy percent moisture. Even though uh, you know all farmers like to get the the job done and get going early, uh, <laughs> I tell you what: if you chop your silage too early, you can get uh, you know all kinds of juices running all over the place, and that's where all your good nutrients are. So, uh, certainly don't want to go above seventy uh, percent pull plant moisture. Um, you can get some weird things happening with fermentation as well. Um, and then with uh, the upright silos, a little bit drier. Um, you know, maybe sixty-five or sixty to sixty-five percent for concrete, or uh, or even down to fifty to sixty percent for uh, the old uh, harvest stores, the blue blue uh, oxygen limiting silo types. So, I don't know, Ryan, you got any other kind of words of wisdom when it comes to time and silage harvest? Pretty much comes down to this whole area of Illinois is uh, whenever the custom chopper gets to you. <laughs> it's pretty much how we time it. Uh, they they start in the south and move north and. Uh, there, there are a couple big custom operations, and they chop probably 90% of the silage uh, in this whole part of Illinois, so a little less scientific. Anything else you need to add uh, for this episode today, Ryan? If you're interested in some autographs this week from one of your podcast stars, <laughs> I'll be at the Farm Progress Show at the Wiffles booth Wednesday and Thursday to uh, answer any questions you guys might have. Please stop by, look us up. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful week um, of weather for the Farm Progress Show. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, that's a wrap for this episode. If you have any feedback, we uh, certainly would love to hear from you. You can certainly uh, send questions to that agronomy at wiffles.com email address or uh, or send a, us a text message, those text messages that you might get from us. If you want to just respond to those, that works fine too. Um, and with that, thanks for listening and stay safe out there as you prep for harvest. Mm-hmm.